Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network, by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, the ASU fans home away from home, Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Whole beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina. Recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale. Practice home of the Arizona Coyotes. Also in Chandler. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans in the Southwest, around the United States, Canada, the world. Uh, Finland, wherever you may be listening to us uh, live today, this is recorded on Sunday, but we will have it up on our regular uh, hourly uh, schedule at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time Monday. Very special reason again for doing this, and this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by our brand new sponsor, the Circa Resort and Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondurant, joining me from beautiful Chandler, Arizona. As I said, we're recording this on Sunday because we have a very special guest on again from across the Atlantic in Finland. Uh, so we're going to get to uh, to him in just a minute. But, Zach, how are you? I'm good. Hanging in there, just uh, going through the... <laughs> Through the motions and watching some college hockey, finally. <laughs> ah, how fun was that? College hockey got started yesterday for us, for Friday, for uh, for some other teams, but it is uh, it is moving along. Uh, we are professional hockey, though, and as I mentioned to you uh, kind of before we started the show, I spent last week up in Las Vegas because they opened up that beautiful uh, new practice facility, Lifeguard Arena in Henderson, the, the new practice home of the uh, Henderson Silver Knights and Oh, man, Vegas is buzzing with hockey enthusiasm. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine, especially since um, there's even been some rumors about them being one of the hubs for the cities if um, if we get back and they start doing hub cities again. But, yeah, new arena, new team jerseys. Um, they have the <laughs> team store open. I mean, it's uh, they have every reason to be super pumped on the upcoming season. Well, I did a two-part Sunday special uh, for this that will be on, online tonight. Uh, I spent uh, taking a tour and uh, doing all the things uh, in Henderson. was able to visit with the head coach, uh, Manny Viveros, and uh, also the president of the Golden Knights, Kerry Bubold, spent a little time with him, and then uh, did a little visit with some people that are opening a coffee shop inside of the uh, facility. So kind of well-rounded on that part of it. And then part two of the uh, the Sunday special was a visit with uh, old friends that are opening up or just did open up uh, Off Ice Athletics Las Vegas, which is a training facility on the second floor of City National Arena overlooking one of the rinks. 
just a great facility, great location. So it's going to be a great Sunday special tonight. Just uh, mark your uh, your calendars and, and your clocks to uh, to be able to spend a little time watching it because it'll be about an hour or so. So it, it's a good show. But uh, Zach, I, I told you when I got this guest on, um, he in Canada, there's Wayne Gretzky, right? Uh, in Mexico, it's Hector Mahul. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. He he is the pride of Mexico. He just signed a contract to play uh, over in Finland, and I am thrilled to bring him on. I, I I'll joke with him when he comes on here in just a second, but um, I, I think you would need a uh, fast action lens to uh, to track down Hector. He is that fast on ice skates. So. Uh, without further ado, let's bring on our guest live from Finland, Hector Mahul. Hector, you got Scott and Zach with you, and I can't tell you how thrilled I am to visit with you again. Hello, how are guys. you, Hector? Hi, Scott. Hi, Zach. Thank you for having me. I'm very good. Uh, almost ready to go to bed over here, but uh, very good and very <laughs> excited to be here. Uh, we, we kept you up late, but for good reason. Uh, we're going to start right off the get-go, uh, Hector. Congratulations on that new contract to play in Finland. Uh, it's an exciting opportunity for you. So uh, let's start right there and tell us how that came about. Well, you know, it was, it's was it been a tough situation with the uh, whole corona. And, uh, you know, last, last season I was playing in Italy and uh, had a pretty good season. So I, I was uh, – I didn't know if I was going to go back or, or – um, you know, kind of bounce around here in Europe. But uh, I went back to Mexico, of course, because of the corona. And things started getting worse. So uh, all the offers that I had gotten uh, before the season was over kind of went away because many teams lost their sponsorships. So it was, it was not looking very good at the beginning. Um, you know, I, I was always keeping my hopes up and talking with uh, Boris uh, Doroshenko, that I'm pretty sure you guys already know. And uh, trying to keep myself in shape just uh, for the moment if I got that call to to start playing again. And, Hector, uh, let me, yeah. before, before Zach jumps in with some questions, I just want to, uh, to tell you that you, you probably have the most perseverance of any individual I know. Because if anybody said a rougher time... Uh, getting to play this game that you love. Uh, I don't know who it is, but uh, you and I met, what, three, four years ago at Boris's camp, and, and I had a chance to visit with you, and Boris told me before you before you and I visited, he said, you have to talk to Hector because he's my prize student. He's my fastest skater I've ever seen on uh, on a rink. And, uh, and then you came on the ice, and I saw it for myself, and I said, my goodness, this is unbelievable. Um, so... Tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you growing up in Mexico City and then, you know, transitioning and, and uh, playing college hockey in the States. And then, you know, all the problems that we had trying to keep you in the States, which was uh, was a challenge in itself, right? Yeah, it's it's been quite the journey. I, I remember, I think it was the summer of 2017 that we met in, in Arizona, right in Arcadia with uh, Boris. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, I mean, my journey started when I was about six years old. But uh, you go back six years before that, and actually, Boris met my parents uh, when I was in my mom's womb. You know, I wasn't even born yet, and my <laughs> parents had a a little uh, convenience store right next to one of the few rings in Mexico. And Boris would go there after practice. And I mean, my dad tells me this story that joking with him, he'd be like, "Oh, when." When your son's born, you know, bring him to the rink. And, I mean, 
who would have thought six years later I was uh, crossing the street from the soccer fields to wait for my sister because she was a figure skater. So she was kind of the one that introduced me to the whole uh, ice sports and skating. So uh, I would kind of wait for her to be done and I would see the the hockey team jump on the ice right after and it caught my attention. Uh, my dad took me to to skate in a public session and I, I was I kind of got it right off the bat. I mean, I can't say I was a good skater then, but it, was, it wasn't that hard for me. And uh, I had the fortune that Boris Doroshenko was there. Um, and he saw me and he invited me to skate. He gave me, he actually let me borrow gear. And while the team was practicing, because they were all way older than me, I would just skate laps around the rink, just trying to get better at skating. And later on, he took me under his wing and... Uh, you know, I, I, I followed him ever since. Uh, it's been it's been quite the journey. Um, when I was 12 years old, he, he decided to move to, to Arizona. He had the opportunity to start coaching Austin Matthews and Brendan Lemieux's team. And from then on, I would uh, I think I would fly every two months for about two weeks to go to Arizona <laughs> and kind of help 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 him uh, demonstrate all the drills and and everything to to his new team and and I mean the kids on the ice there I think many of them are playing professional now some are playing division one like Johnny Walker and uh, I remember going there and we would always stay at Austin Matthews grandparents house and um, it's been it's been quite the journey from from then I think I did that for almost two years and until Boris told me you know if you want to be serious about hockey you need to leave Mexico and uh, Right after that, I talked with my parents, and they were always very supportive of my dreams, and uh, they they made it happen for me. You know, they always supported me, and I went tried out for a team in Arizona, and I made it. I was also very lucky to find the Leeser family, who they took me in. Um, originally, I was only supposed to be with them six months, because I got there I think in January, so it was almost just half the season. And then from then on, they decided, hey, we want to have you stay with us for, for your journey here in Arizona. And I ended up staying for for five years until uh, I finished my high school. And then I ended up, I went to play juniors. And every time I'd have a break or something uh, before I would go back to Mexico to my family, I would go to Arizona to visit my second family. I mean, I would even say second. They're, they're my extended family. You know? And it's it's been amazing um hockey has opened so many doors for me and you know i've just enjoying enjoying it so so hector so it's it looks like that you you played for the phoenix firebergs for the 18 youth is what i is is what i'm looking at and then you went to philadelphia um could you explain a little bit what maybe that weather shock was like coming from from mexico (laughs) and into arizona and then over to Philadelphia, and then also playing at Curry College in, in Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, it's, of course, Arizona was more familiar to me. Of course, it's way hotter than Mexico City, but uh, <laughs> I felt almost at home. And, yeah, going to Philadelphia was quite, quite a bit of shock when, when, I, when December hit around and all this snow started falling. Uh, it was a new experience for me. I mean, we had a couple of snow days, and for, for me, that was new. And an exciting experience of course and um yeah later on i I had the opportunity to go to curry and of course more snow there and it's been fun i mean now i'm in finland of course and it's only gonna get colder here but uh 
I'm, I'm used to it now. I mean, I was also in Lithuania two years ago and another cold place. So I, I can say I'm used to it now. <laughs> and, and that's a good thing, uh, Hector. I grew up in northern Minnesota, so I know all about that stuff before I moved to Arizona. Yeah. So, so the, the cold weather is, is definitely in my past. But as you know, the, uh, the Sun Devils and Johnny Walker, that, being a captain of that squad, is playing a uh, 28-game road schedule in the Big Ten. So hopefully Zach and I are going to get there. Zach is also our photographer. I, I joked with him before you came on. I said, I think you'd have to set the speed up on that lens to be able to capture your speed on the ice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. I, I know you're very modest, but, but tell us how you develop that kind of speed because I'll tell you a quick story. I, I, when I was at University of Minnesota Duluth, I never made the team, but I, I played on what they called the practice team back then in the 80s. Right. It was just a bunch of guys, basically, that took the punishment of the uh, NCAA team. <laughs> but but we, had a, we had a skater there. His name was Gary DeGrio. And, and before I met you, I thought he might be the fastest skater I've ever seen on ice. It looked like the blade of his skate never touched the ice. And I can't tell you how many opportunities he had for breakaways, but he skated literally so fast that he couldn't control the puck and get the shots off. And, and I witnessed probably a, a dozen times like during a two or three year period where he would have a clear breakaway and couldn't handle a puck because his feet were going too fast. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you develop that kind of speed and agility. Well, I think I have to thank Boris because uh, he, since an early age, he, he really made me uh, uh, understand that if I wanted to do anything, I needed to work harder than anyone else. And uh, of course, you've seen his kind of training and his very intensive, uh, many repetitions of the same thing uh, before you can even move on or even before we were, we would start uh, looking at taking shots or even stick handle. Uh, we had to learn how to skate. We needed to, to do that automatically, like, like brushing your teeth, you know, like things that you don't even think about anymore. So, um, for me, it was, uh, he would always have us in our dryland, maybe do about, when I was young, I think it was about 500 squats before we hit the ice. So uh, after I'd finished that, I think I'd do another 200. And then when I get home, I think I did another 500 squats. So that work <laughs> overload really, really, I mean, I think I, 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 I have uh, quite a bit of athletic ability, but if it wasn't for that uh, extra hours of work, I don't think I would have developed that speed. And that's something that Boris really uh, like ingrained in me uh, to really work harder and do the extra. So I think that if, if I got to, to be this fast was because I was, I was doing more than, than the rest. And yeah, the squats, I mean, everyone that's been to a Boris camp, uh, like you can't know after after a dry land you can't even bend down to tie your shoes because you're so sore so part of that was like either you don't move or you do more to kind of like get that uh that rust <laughs> off your legs but uh yeah it's um you know just that that system that he has 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 made me develop into what i am today so would you say so it sounds like definitely I unfortunately I haven't had the opportunity to, to see you skate. I hope soon that I will be able to because I definitely want to test uh, uh, Scott's theory about having to bump up the shutter speed on the camera just to, get the, uh, <laughs> just to catch you in action. But would you say that um, um, skating is by far the most important tool to have as a as a hockey player 
and the other skills can be can be learned kind of as you go or would you say it's something you have to have equally i think i mean of course i think uh equal like you need to have it equally to be a um to be the right model of a hockey player. But I remember perfectly when I was a kid, when Boris would kind of explain to her parents, because I mean, the first year as a team, we would be getting crushed by almost every team in Mexico. But as soon as that first year that we were working only on our skating, and then everyone developed that skating, I remember him saying that we needed to be like fish on water. You know, like the skating, you just needed to do it automatically without having to think about your edges or transitioning your body weight and the tight turns. So once we we got that, the, the rest just came so easily and so naturally. Like one of the philosophies that we have in the next generation system is that basically your stick handle and, and everything that goes with it comes from your legs and from your hips. And you can only develop that with that work overload and the dry land and, and all the skating drills like in the Boris camp, sometimes the kids don't see a puck until the, f- the fourth week and, and the last Friday that you just scrimmage. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's sometimes very frustrating for some people, but uh, it's, the, it's the process that you need to understand that the many repetitions is what makes you uh, develop those skills. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that first you need to be able to be a good skater and then you can develop everything else because – Another thing that was also very important for me, like you can't go home and, and work on your skating, but you can always go home and work on your shooting and work on your puck handling. But the skating, that's something that you need to be on the ice to do. So, um, yeah, I do. I do believe that the skating has to come first. And then and then, of course, you can you can start progressing and working on on hiring and different things that go with it. Hector, so many things uh, have changed uh, over the last five years or so, especially here in the Southwest. Uh, since we started Ice Time Hockey Southwest, it's, uh, you know, the NCAA program has grown and, and guys have moved on. Austin Matthews obviously being the number one draft pick and Boris's camps continuing. But um, when you first got to the United States and specifically to Arizona, what, what did you think of the caliber of play here and, and how much have you seen it change? I mean, for me, it was a big, uh, a big change. You know, coming from Mexico, I was, I think the last tournament I played in Mexico uh, was the national tournament. And actually, those were the only games we would play in a year. So we would have one weekend where we played maybe five to six games, depending if you made it to the championship. And I remember, I think in, in my last tournament, I had over 42 points in five games. And that's when it really got to my mind that, that I mean, I, I needed to leave <laughs> Mexico if I wanted to keep... Uh, playing hockey and, and, and keep uh, progressing and improving. So when I got to Arizona, for me, of course, it was way higher level than in Mexico. But um, soon, once I got established and, and, and started playing there, uh, I realized that, of course, I could I could uh, thrive in, in the United States and in Arizona. But now, after I left and went, of course, to play juniors and then college, I would go back every summer and continue working with Boris and that's when I really saw how, how, how much the game had grown and how many people would be at the camps. And, and also, like, so many youth teams starting to develop AAA programs. And you started to see many Arizona kids playing uh, in different parts of the United States after developing in Arizona. So I think the game has grown a lot and, and definitely has developed a lot in Arizona where 
I know even for, for my team, for the Firebirds, we would go play in the North American Prospects Hockey League uh, showcases. And whenever they see a team from Arizona, all the other teams kind of would laugh a little bit and be like, oh, we're going to crush this team. And, and next thing you know, we, we'd be beating them. And they're like, how the heck is a team from Arizona uh, beating us? But, you know, that, I mean, <laughs> geographically, that, that didn't matter. We had the best coaches. So it uh, doesn't matter where you're coming from. If you put in the work, anyone can can make it. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, I think that's that definitely shines through, and I think that's what's really made Arizona uh, a, a kind of a hockey state now is, is that hard work ethic like you were talking about. Um, now, when you went to Curry College, was that a little bit of a culture shock for you? Was it was the change of pace? Uh, can you describe your time there and just kind of how uh, you built up and, and um, um, soaked in the college hockey experience? Uh, I don't think it was much of a culture shock for me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a very open-minded person, and, and for me, I, I love taking in new cultures and new experiences. Uh, I really I try to make the most of it. And, uh, I mean, my time at Curry wasn't my best time there. Um, I, I wish uh, some things would have gone differently. But uh, I definitely enjoyed uh, playing there, and I learned a lot about the game there. Uh, obviously, playing college hockey, I think, makes you become a more responsible uh, player and person. Uh, and and really, um, it really comes down to your work ethic and how much you want it. So I think uh, playing college hockey really gave me um, – really gave me some things that, I mean, I see it now over here playing in Europe and there's certain things that many European players that take for granted, like the little things and uh, that I think the college hockey really, really taught me, uh, mainly like, like working hard, you know, like battling corners, blocking shots, um, all those things that, you know, college, college coaches are looking for, um, I really, I really do now appreciate all those things because it has helped me also uh, um, stand out here in, in Europe. So you, you played in Italy last year, and, and that's. I lost you, Scott, for a second. I don't know if, that... you, if you guys can hear me. Oh, yep. Are you still there, Hector? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Yep. Okay, yeah, well, it breaks up every now and then. It's part of the app, I think. <laughs> but what I was saying was uh, with the um, uh, the time that you had in uh, yeah, playing in Italy, is there a difference now in what you've seen in Finland? I know you just played the one game so far, but is there a different style or are they pretty similar? Um, I mean, the rings here uh, are definitely not Olympic size, which I definitely took advantage of that in Italy. With uh, I had so much time and space, and of course, my my speed was was a big threat on on, on that ice sheet. Uh, here, the, the the players are very skilled. I think it's more like and and also tougher. I think it's more a North American style of play. Uh, but of course, uh, I, I played my first game yesterday. I started on the fourth line, and I needed to make my way up. Uh, but it, it was definitely uh, good to see the level and, and, and kind of feel it out. Um, I know what I need to work on now, but I, I think that the playing, the, the playing style here in Finland is I can compare it more to North America. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, overall, I think it's, it's pretty similar. Um, just uh, the one thing that I did notice is the difference in, in the ice sheets. 
So it seems, so you, you said that you had uh, been able to practice with Austin Matthews and Johnny Walker. Um, now me and Scott have been able to see Johnny Walker up close because um, ASU and, and playing in the, in the Valley here. Uh, what's it like uh, scrimmaging or skating and practicing with Austin Matthews? Uh, I unfortunately haven't been able to see him up close, but um, what's, what's some little details that you see in his game that uh, some of the listeners can look for? Well, I think for me, the biggest thing about Austin Matthews or Poppy, how, how I know him, um, I think <laughs> since an early age, because I, I met him when I was, the first time I met him, I was 10 years old. We, we went to uh, the first Boris camp in Arizona, and I think Poppy might have been six or seven years old. And we didn't know of him at the time, but I remember after the camp, Boris came to me and I was like, did you see that kid? And I was like, yeah, he, he had so much talent and, and ability. But but many other kids had, the uh, I, I don't know if the same talent and ability, but pretty close. But the one thing that stood out to me the most was his work ethic. Like I would do a drill, boarders would have me demonstrate certain drills that most kids couldn't do. And Poppy would go and maybe he would mess up the first time, but every other kid would go back to the line and kind of just be like, oh, can, can't do it. And he would go back and repeat the same drill maybe four or five times uh, when everyone else just did it once. So right off the bat, you could see his his hunger to 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 learn and to be the best. So from the beginning, you kind of could see that he wanted to do the drill exactly like I was doing it, and 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 of course go back and keep trying until he would get it. And I think that to me, I think that's. Uh, uh, a big factor that has made him be where he is right now is his willingness to be number one and to do things better than anyone else. And it's not just saying it, it's putting in the work and that's what he's doing and what he has been doing. So Hector, you were able to, uh, t- to teach uh, Austin a few things, <laughs> but now, now, now you've got another protege that uh, made his debut in the USHL and, and Jake Levanovich, uh, Johnny's half brother, uh, Tell us a little bit about Jake because he's kind of taken your mold with Boris, hasn't he? Yeah, Jake, I, I've had the the opportunity and the fortune to watch him grow up to the player that he is today. And, I mean, I think when I first started uh, skating with him and, and coaching him a bit when I was uh, uh, an instructor with Boris in his camps, I mean, I think – he was up to like my belly in hiding now. I mean, he's taller than me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he's grown a lot. But also the same thing, you know, his, his work ethic, I think he really took in those, um, how do you say it, those um, recommendations that me and Boris would give him and, and kind of that advice that we would pass on uh, on how Poppy would, would train and, and, and how his mentality and how he would do things. And I think he he's been uh, one of the few players that really took it to the to the heart and realized that it's not just showing up; it's it's putting in the effort and the focus and the extra work. And you you could see the the fruits of his work now. I mean, he's he 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 just started playing USHL. I think he's a 16 year old, and and I think he has the potential to become a number one draft pick in this year. Uh, but he's been he's been following Boris and working like crazy every summer since I can't remember that I met him. Uh, like I've been with him two times to Japan and, and, and endless amounts of, of camps in, in Arizona and Minnesota. And 
he's he's a kid that's always there doing double sessions, doing the extra work. Uh, and, and of course, you can see it now and where he is. And, and I know he's hungry for more and he still has a lot to develop. But I know he's going to he's going to turn into a superstar one day. So so growing up in Mexico, were you you said that your sister was uh, was doing figure skating, correct? Yes. OK. And then did you look at the did, were you guys able to get a lot of exposure to hockey um, any kind of NHL games on, on television? What was what got you interested uh, besides just seeing the uh, the players skate after her practices? And, and did you have any idea that you could go pro and travel the world like you have? Uh, not at first. At first, to be honest, what caught my attention was the speed. I mean, I when my dad taught me how to skate or, or at least get uh, be able to stand up on the ice, um, I once I, I figured out how to stop and, and how to skate properly. I was I was flying, and I think the public session would end, and my dad would have to chase me around the rink to get me out because I just wanted to keep going. And when the when the rink was all alone, like everyone was out, and I had the rink for myself, I would just go crazy and go as fast as I could. And I think I, I loved that feeling, that rush. So I think that was the the first thing that got my attention. Uh, in Mexico, we at the time, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about hockey. I never watched hockey. I mean, f- soccer has always been my passion. And I was also very good at, at soccer. I was in the youth teams for Real Madrid in Mexico. And I was also invited to go to Spain. But it, uh, I kind of realized that I had uh, a, a shot at hockey because uh, when I was nine years old, Boris took me with him to Ukraine for two months. And I was training there maybe five hours five hours a day on ice and maybe two, two hours off ice. And I did that for two months straight as a nine-year-old without my family. And that trip really, uh, really gave me a lot of, I learned a lot from that. It, it humbled me a lot to see the kids in Ukraine and, and all the things that they didn't have that I did. And it made me realize how lucky I was. And when I came back from that trip, I remember I was a complete different player and I just kept working with Boris on the technique and, like I said, I was, I mean, I could grab the puck and go through everyone and score a goal every other shift in Mexico. And and that's when my dad was like, okay, I think we need to get him out of Mexico. And <laughs> Boris later on had the opportunity to go to the United States and he took me under his wing there. Like I, I said, I would go every two months for two weeks to go train with him and show the drills to everyone else. And um, yeah, I, I also, I remember as a kid, I would watch a... a can't remember the cartoon, but they were playing street hockey. So that was another <laughs> thing that caught my attention. And I, I, I had my pair of rollerblades and I would go, I was the only kid, everyone was playing soccer and I was with my rollerblades and my ho- my hockey stick and a roller puck just on, on, on the streets of Mexico playing. And everyone was like, what is that kid doing? You know, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I loved it. And I also think... Uh, me playing soccer kind of gave me a different style of playing hockey, uh, you know, mixing the both, both sports, which are, I think the most similar, uh, I mean, once on ice, once on the, on, on, on the grass, but I mean, essentially you have to score a goal on the net and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been quite the journey. <laughs> Was that so, cartoon by any chance Rocket Power? 
Yes, yes. I completely oh, yeah. forgot. It was Rocket Power. Yes, yeah. it was Rocket Power. I remember because, I mean, we didn't watch hockey then. So for me, that was like my biggest. Like, I couldn't wait to watch the cartoon because they were playing hockey. Uh, and then later on, later on, they did start uh, showing some games on TV. But it, they maybe show one game a month uh, on, on the Mexican TV. And to be honest, I was a kid. I never, it never really got my attention to watch hockey because I never... I never saw it. It was never part of, of my culture. And um, I think it was just the love of the game of me playing that really got me to, to want to do it. I mean, when I was, when I was young, I think the only player, player that I, was, I could relate to was Steve Iserman, but mainly because his name was on every stick, uh, on every Eastern <laughs> stick that you could buy. So from that, I would just go on, on, online and look up the videos of Steve Iserman, and, and he was my hero growing up. But... I think mainly it was because of the sticks. I didn't know any other player. And then later on, um, once I moved to the United States and, of course, was more into the culture of hockey, uh, the other player that really caught my attention looking at videos was Pavel Bure and his speed, of course. So that's something that I tried to imitate. And, of course, uh, a couple of years later, Ovechkin got drafted and he became my my role model to to try to imitate. So, so Yeah. <laughs> That, that's a mouthful right there with uh, some of those names you just mentioned. That's uh, a lot of talent. But uh, I want to ask you a couple of things uh, before we let you go. And, and one of them I mentioned to you before you came on, I said uh, the Coyotes now have uh, the first Hispanic owner in all of the NHL in Alex Murillo. And he's really taken um, an, a, an outgrowing, a grassroots effort to bring a lot of Hispanics uh, you know, I mean, Arizona is 50-50 in, in Hispanic population, and uh, he's really making the outreach to bring them on board. And just to get your thoughts on that, Hector, because uh, you played for the national team in Mexico too, right? Yes, I've been playing uh, for six six years now. Well, we didn't play last season, last tournament because of the corona, so I think I played five tournaments, yeah. So how, how important do you think it is to have uh, – a Hispanic owner to be able to bring that that game that you love so much and, and learn to play uh, to the Hispanic uh, people. Well, I think it's huge. I mean, of course, in the whole Southwest of the United States, there's so so uh, such a big Hispanic community. And besides Austin Matthews, uh, who is mom's Mexican, um, I don't think they have any anyone to follow or anyone to to kind of. Um, to kind of feel, um, how do you say? Sorry, my, my English is a bit rusty. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're learning Finnish now, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they're trying to teach me, but that's that's ten times harder. <laughs> uh, to kind of familiar, feel familiar um, with 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 a with a player of their same um, heritage. You know, I mean, Austin Matthews. You know, he's he's half Mexican, but still his name, Austin Matthews, does not sound Mexican. And I really do think, uh, I mean, the Hispanic population would really start watching and getting more into the game if they start seeing more Hispanic names in, in, in hockey. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And uh, I joked with you. I said, I think the first thing Mr. Morello should have done was found you and, and, and signed you as uh, – as his first uh, professional signing, but uh, maybe that'll be down the road. I mean, you're working your way up still, right? 
Yes, I mean, I, I don't like to put limitations on myself. And of course, being from Mexico and having the Mexican citizenship the passport has, has always been, has always been a, a challenge for me. But, you know, I, I love to be the underdog and prove people wrong. Because, uh, I mean, not many people thought I'd make it this far, especially uh, after a few years uh, that I got, that I had to go back to Mexico. But that's something that I love, that I love. I love to, to prove people wrong. And, and you never know. Uh, my, uh, my goal is to keep moving as high as I, as I can and pave the road for other Mexican players. So hopefully in the future there can be many of us playing in professional leagues and, and showing other kids in Mexico that you can't do it if, if you put in the work and, and you have that mindset that you want to be a winner and, and succeed. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, uh, you, you talked about about English and Finnish and, and, and Spanish and all the different languages, but the one language that you've mastered pretty well is the international language of hockey because you've traveled the world and, and seen many things. It, it, is there one thing that stands out to you in, in all of your travels, whether it be the Ukraine or Japan, wherever you've been with Boris, anything that stands out to the game of hockey that's that's really, you know, like you can just you can see it. It, it's it's hockey and that's it. Well, I mean, I think hockey players are special breed. Um, I think we are lucky to be playing the best sport. And I'm not just saying that because I'm playing hockey and I love it. But I see what hockey does to people. I mean, even after they stop playing, it builds that foundation to, for, for any person to be successful at anything they do. And something that I really love uh, from the game is, like I mentioned earlier, how many doors it has opened. Like, I think I've I've lived with so many different billet families all over the world. Like, I, I've I've stayed with a family in Switzerland. I've stayed with families in in Italy, in Austria, in Japan, uh, in Serbia. Now I'm here in Finland. I mean, I'm moving into an apartment next week, but I I got here on a, on a tryout, and I've been staying with a billet family here in Finland and. Just, I mean, you don't see that in any other sport, you know, like um, also in, in, in the United States. I mean, of course, I had I have my family in Arizona, but I also live with a family in Philadelphia and also in North Dakota in the time that I was playing juniors there. So I think that's pretty neat and pretty special that hockey players really bring a lot of culture into different families and also the families that are always willing to take to take different players from from different countries and and bring them to their home and learn about their culture and have the players learn about the, the family's culture and their traditions. And I think that's something that you don't see in any other sport that really, really stands out and really shapes you as a person. So All right, Zach, you, you got one more final one? Yeah. So what do you think was something that you will never, ever forget throughout even long, like I'm sure long, long down the road, but even after you, you hang up your skates, what's one thing that you will never, ever forget, whether it's a, a billet family or just an experience you had in the ice? What's that one memory that you, you'd like to share with us so far? Uh, it's a tough one, but I mean, I've, I've come to learn that, I mean, the world of hockey is really, really small, you know? Um, I think... Uh, this, this is a tough question, but I, like, <laughs> like being in so many different places, uh, especially the last few years that I've been here in Europe and also my time when I would go to Canada for camps and, and you kind of see how 
people know each other and other players and usually everyone talks about every other player that's been it's been there before you and they all have that same mentality that that same uh i want to say humbleness uh of, of kind of taking different different uh traditions different culture uh and and it all co- it all comes down to the same game you know uh hockey brings so many different people um together and i mean of course soccer is the most popular sport in the world but after that i, I want to say hockey can follow that uh, i mean uh, I, i had no idea about how many professional leagues and, and the level of, of of play that there is in in europe and in asia and, and i mean even now I, i have some buddies that went the other day to a tournament in dubai and they were playing against all older ex-professional russian ukrainian um players from Kazakhstan and and when you really think about it I mean the, the game is so global and and people in North America sometimes don't realize that uh, I mean the, the NHL is not the only league and uh, I think it's it's pretty neat to see how many different nationalities uh, are playing the game of hockey at a high level and I think that's pretty neat okay we'll let you go on this one Hector and I do thank you for taking uh, all this time to visit with us it's a uh... It's a lot of fun. I'm glad I was able to catch back up with you, and Zach was able to meet you as well uh, via the via the internet. Anyway, um, yeah. Here's what I want to here's what I want to end it on. Um, you and I have a mutual friend that you work with a long time, Hiroki Wakabayashi. And I know you know the trials that Hiroki went on. So, number one, just just tell us something uh, that really impresses you about Hiroki, and, and then kind of on the lighter side of things, give us something about Boris that we don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to start with probably something that you guys don't know about Boris, but he's probably one of the most, one of the most intelligent and smartest people I know, person I know. Uh, I, he was a math professor also, so many people don't know that, but, uh, he's a genius almost if you want to talk numbers with him. And he saw, he also, uh, he's a very good soccer player and I don't think many people know that. Um, and uh, with regards with Hiroki, uh, I mean, for me, he's a role model. Uh, I think he's one of the strongest persons I know. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that he was able to battle through what he went through. And just to see him back on the ice was, was it's so motivating to me. And, and yeah, it's, it's very impressive. And um, I, I've been able to, I've been lucky that I, I I could travel with him to Japan and see his culture and his traditions and and it's it's really impressive uh, to see the journey that he's gone through and to see where he is now. Uh, I think he's probably one of the best goalkeeper um, goalie coaches in the world and he's also not coming from from a, from a hockey country and you can you can see how much he's learned um, in all his years and and you know. Coming from Japan, I mean, not not many people would think uh, they'd be such a good coach uh, for goaltenders, and I think he he's one of the best, and he's been able to also take in the best uh, the best knowledge from the best um, coaches all over the world and and applied it to to his own World Hockey Lab School. Yeah, that's very well said, Hector. Uh, I'll tell you uh, two things just to leave on Hiroki. Uh, before he was diagnosed, him and I got together and I did a little feature with him at Oceanside. And uh, 
he, he was telling me about his back aches and how he was hurting. And, and I was saying like, oh, Hiroki, I think, think you need to get that checked out. He said, I will, but I've got to go to Thailand first. And I'm saying, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. And, and he left for Thailand. And I'm sure you've heard this story. He was like, it took him like 26 or 28 hours to get finally from, from Arizona to there because of the, the, the time uh, changes and, and the plane changes and the delays. The whole time he was going through this horrible disease and didn't even know he had it yet. So uh, he, he's, a, he's unbelievable. And uh, the USA hockey has taken over uh, Hiroki now. I know he's got a little responsibility with them too. So we've all seen what he's done. And, and, and to you, thank you so much for joining us. As I said, don't be a stranger. You know how to reach me now. So anytime you want to come on and talk hockey, we'd love to have you. No, I really appreciate it, Scott and Zach. It's, it's awesome to be here with you guys and talk hockey, and I really appreciate it. All right, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I'm going to keep putting in words for you with the Coyotes. they got to get their eyes on you and get you over here to the States again. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I, <laughs> I will do my best to, to show them what I got. All right, Hector Mahul, thank you so much. Uh, get some sleep. I know it's late in Finland, and we certainly appreciate you coming on. Take care, my friend. Thank you, Hector. You too, guys. Thank you so much. And like they say here in Finland, kitos for thank you. <laughs> but, uh, uh, look he's at that. learning. He's, he's getting yeah. to go. <laughs> uh, Very well done. That's Hector Mahul joining us from Finland. Uh, Zach and I are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your pot with M-Drive. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, 
or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long workday. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly being taped on Sunday, just a day early, but for a very good reason. Uh, Zach and I were able to visit with uh, uh, hockey royalty, if you will, in Mexico. And Hector Mahul, who is now playing uh, professional hockey in Finland, just signed his contract. He's got one game under his belt, and uh, it won't be long before he will be making waves in Finland. Trust me, folks, he is one of the best uh, people and one of the best hockey players uh, in the world. So uh, thanks to Hector for joining us. Zach, just your comments. Uh, it's the first time you've had a chance to visit with uh, Hector. Uh, your thoughts on, on what he's accomplished to this point? Um, I mean, that's it's actually a really cool story, I mean, to, to listen to somebody who came from a very non- a hockey traditional, I guess, market you'd say um, from Mexico and come up and, and have the success that he's, that he's had by putting in the hard work and, and um, uh, just getting the opportunities and making the most of them where he can. So um, it's really cool. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does this season over in Finland. And um, yeah, hopefully we see the coyotes make a push for him and we see him back stateside. You know, um, couple of things first of all is i can't imagine being being able to have the courage and uh i don't know what else word to say is desire i guess to travel around the world at such a young age he's talking about being in the ukraine for a month or so uh, at nine years old and and i know boris boris is a really really good instructor and really really good to the people that that go with him Uh, johnny walker's stepbrother uh brought this up too is you just don't see that in other sports like you do in hockey i mean it's such an international game the only thing that rivals it even close to it is soccer yeah and i mean that's he's definitely got a point i mean especially when you start thinking about um i mean when the olympics come around and i think south korea they had a women's team um and definitely i he he's right. It, the NHL is not the only league. And I really think of like, when I think of hockey, I think of the OHL, the WHL, the, you know, really the, the North American 
the leagues here and North America is more than just Canada and the U S we have, we have Mexico and then all the States leading down to South America. So, um, yeah, it really is. It, I'm definitely a person who has to like fully think, I mean, I know the KHL is around, um, uh, because we talk about that, you know, every once in a while on the, on the podcast, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I, I'm not, I've been around hockey for, for 20 something years and I, I'm still learning stuff about it. Even new teams, uh, for instance, where Hector's playing, like there's so much of it. And, um, yeah, I think it's really a good point that he brought up is the NHL is not the only league and there's so many, uh, untapped things that we haven't seen. And, and, um, I know you and Paul talk about it very frequently in the college hockey podcast of, uh, getting more division one hockey teams. So you, you, so these other, uh, other leagues around the world or other kids around the world can have the opportunity to come to the U S and show what they can do to make it and, and have a choice of where they want to go, whether it be the KHL or, or Finland or stay in the NHL. But yeah, there's just so much of it. And, uh, we just haven't seen, we haven't seen it all, which is actually kind of encouraging when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Two other points that I want to make uh, before we end this episode, but uh, one of them is I asked him about the international language of hockey, and uh, he talked right away, went to his billet families and how important they are. And and you think about the world, especially the United States, the way how divided we are as a country, and and you think uh, these guys are – these kids – are going to stay with billet families, people they've never met before, and, and they're spending uh, sometimes years, in Hector's case, five years here in Arizona with a billet family that now he calls his extended family. So uh, there is an ability with the game of hockey to, 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 to bring people together, and uh, you see how the NHL and now college hockey is putting it all together to, to do the right thing through COVID, uh, where other places and other teams – and other sports, quite frankly, haven't been able to do what hockey's done. So that's my first point. My second point is if you're the Arizona Coyotes and you have an Hispanic owner and a Hispanic general or president and general manager, and you're trying to grow the game in, in Arizona uh, through the Hispanic base, man, oh, man, is there a better candidate, a guy that's played on six years now on the Mexican national team, uh, known as the top player in Mexico, I mean, I would be reaching out to him uh, so quickly. Uh, I know it's about skill. I know it's about all that. But, man, oh, man, if you can't find a spot for him in Tucson, um, then I would be I would be shocked because if you want to sell some some tickets, bring a guy like Hector Mahul in because I, I, I'm not – I'm totally serious. <laughs> if you see this oh, yeah. guy on the ice, if you see him on the ice, you would go, oh, my God, I can't believe what I'm witnessing. He can do – Everything and I have to go back into my in my archives on on YouTube because I got video video of him from our, our interview three years ago and um, he he can do things on skates that you can't even dream of. Well, and I mean, like you were saying, it's uh, it, he'd be a great ambassador for the organization. Um, now, he, skating. Now, personally, when I think of hockey and like learning the game. Um, I think skating is is one of those intangible skills. Um, I believe that if you are an excellent skater, the it can make up for skills uh, like shooting, passing, anything like that. Now, 
Um, Hector obviously is a really good player because he's playing professionally. Um, so obviously he's got skills to play. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree. Like, I think him being in Arizona, he could be an excellent ambassador for, for the game, for the coyotes. And, um, uh, I, I think it'd be just such a great opportunity for the organization and it'd be great to have him in the backyard so we could, so I'd like to challenge him to a race <laughs> to see if I could keep up. Highly unlikely, but, you know, why not? Just to say you've been on the rink with Hector. <laughs> uh, exactly. I'd like to see you try to keep up them with your camera. That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> also challenge accepted on that one as well. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. When when uh, I first met him and uh, and Boris told me about him, uh, I just – I kind of had a little bit of disbelief. I'm going like, yeah, Boris, what are you telling me? But I trusted Boris, and uh, I'd been to his camp a couple of times and done my story with him, and, and him and I have grown to be uh, good friends now. But he was telling me that you won't believe what you see on the ice. And then I then I started thinking back to the very first time I watched a Boris camp, and I thought, uh, how are you getting these kids to, to come to a rink and, and go four weeks of camp without touching a puck? <laughs> because you know how kids are right now, right? They want instant oh, yeah. gratification. They want the puck. They want to score. They want to be in the highlight reel. Um, and Hector was a big part of that because Boris would use him and Jake Lovanovich to uh, to demonstrate these skills. And, and he would tell the students that, you know, that's what you're trying to achieve. And until you achieve it, and is he, uh, uh, what do you call Austin Matthews, hoppy? Uh, poppy. Yeah, poppy. poppy. I actually watched yeah, a uh, documentary. Everybody, yeah. everyone would call him Poppy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the, his dad said, well, where's Austin? And they had no idea, no idea. who he was talking about because all the kids knew him as Poppy. Poppy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And so so you see guys like that, and, and that's how Boris's camps have been so successful is that they – the people have bought into it, and, and the success is there. Johnny Walker, Austin Matthews, we can go down the list. There, there are literally hundreds of kids that have, have gone on to do really good things in hockey uh, because they have learned the basics from Boris first. Yeah, yeah, and, and skating, like I said, is that one skill that if you can, if you can master skating, um, I think you can find – I think you can find a place to play in – play hockey professionally because it's just such an intangible skill um, that there's, there's a roster spot for you somewhere out there because not everybody can skate um, the way I'm sure Hector does. If, if it's anything like uh, what Austin Matthew and Johnny Walker skate like, um, which having the same teacher, you would assume that that's, like I said, I haven't seen him, but you would assume that that'd be the same case. Um, It's, it's, it's no doubt that he's definitely, he's going to have a roster spot wherever he wants. Um, or you'll find something if you, as long as he still wants to play, you know? Yeah, exactly. And if you, if you've seen any of the highlight reels of him uh, scoring goals, he, he's a nightmare one-on-one with a goaltender because he's got really good hands. And, and like I said, uh, the guy that I saw in college, uh, Gary DeGrio and uh, UMD, uh, he was unbelievable at getting free and getting open. But if you can't score when you're open, uh, it doesn't really matter because you're just nothing but a but a highlight reel that can't score. <laughs> Hector, I can yeah. tell you, can score the puck when he gets his opportunities. And man, oh man, it's just a pleasure having him on. I'll let you do the read, and then we'll say good night uh, 
today from uh, with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro, on a show taped on Sunday for replay on Monday. We don't do it very often. We do it when we're dealing with Sweden. We do it when we're dealing with uh, Norway. And we do it when we're de- dealing with Finland and hashtag, or slash Mexico. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. Take it away. All right. So Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Canción Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, the presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Try uh, Tell our friend Kevin Wood, Ice Time Hockey sent you. And he will show you the Bell Ford difference. Go to all, or go online to bellford.com or our showroom at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America's been waiting for. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on Summer Skates Banner. Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers, 12 Valley locations and two in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information and, t- and takeout specials. I Behind the Mask the, and BehindTheMask.com, where we, can, where we provide all of your hockey needs on or off the ice. See the website and our three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices. It always seems it seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. Buy OxyPow. Visit our line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Buy M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night, and our two-step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. Buy College Bar and Grill in Tempe by ASU fans for ASU fans. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all your Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the iTunes app. Ask Alexa to play on your Axel. Right, now you can ask Alexa to play ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, as always, a uh, great opportunity to visit with another professional hockey player on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Uh, our thanks to Hector Mahul for staying up late and joining us from Finland tonight. Uh, Zach, thanks to you for coming on on a Sunday. And and uh, I, you probably got nothing else to do now the rest of the week. But <laughs> um, I, you know, figure coming Sunday, it's a nice afternoon. Uh, we're going to go uh, give the dogs a bath right now, actually listening and uh, enjoy the podcast it, it was phenomenal as we aired it on sunday for replay on monday we'll say good night today with uh, roger klein and the peacemakers de niro